Hi, and welcome to episode eight. We're getting so close to 10. This is the Cancer Sisters podcast. This is episode eight. Hi. Holy HPV. HPV. <laughs> Holy okay. <shnikes>. <laughs> So this is, uh, this is another health-related conversation. Mm-hmm. We had a great time talking to Jackie last week, and we do have a part two planned. We just haven't been able to get together yet. Yeah, we have a lot of recording going on between this week and next week, which is super exciting. Very exciting guests. We've got more guests, got more cancer insights, classmates. cancer classmates. It's, it's more awful alliteration. That's also alliteration, but yeah. Well, no, that's essence. But um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we've got cancer friends we've got cancer classmates and some really interesting stories to share today it's just the two of us just us so let's see uh, my shingles have boiled down to just being itchy so you can slap yourself to, to itch them <laughs> i caught her slapping her stomach yesterday <laughs> the gabapentin is helping um yeah. i'm still staying indoors a lot because the humidity in particular um does not feel good on my lungs and um, coughing a little bit more these last couple of days and um, so I'm staying inside mm-hmm could be any number of reasons but you're getting deep breaths in which is good I'm using the square breathing yeah which I keep um, you know it does help calm me down but it prevents me from taking too many short breaths and, um, you know, sort of relaxing into a normal rhythm because I'm afraid I might be in a habit of, you know, once I start sort of breathing heavy just from moving around sure. and doing stuff to keep breathing heavy. When you're aware of it, sometimes it just happens that way. Yeah. Um, I called mom yesterday breathe, after. Just breathe. <laughs> I wanted to allow, na, na, wanted to allow na, na, you to na, say. Na, na. <laughs> Sorry beautiful i'm sorry what about mom <laughs> um well i called her after i left the polling place and was called a he and she after i was like done being mad she was like maybe you should use some square breathing <laughs> <laughs> she said that to me in a text i think she really likes i think she really liked the episode she which did. is lovely and we've had some really good feedback and interest in hearing more from Jackie. And, you know, one one comment was about cancer um, being fed by sugar, you know, like that refined mm-hmm. sugar. And that'll be a huge conversation. Yeah. And that, you know, just that just that little simple bit isn't necessarily common knowledge. And uh, I really think she had a lot of insight to share. And we're going to have more things. But Wobble baby, wobble baby, wobble baby. <laughs> because that's all I can get a song out through my head. Why? <laughs> I don't know. You started it. <laughs> oh boy. Because so I'm we're, still on crutches. Get some, and... We're going to get to some serious stuff here right, right now. Yeah. So we are talking about um, HPV. And we, the, you know, if you've listened to earlier episodes, you've already heard us say this, but our squamous cell or squamous cell carcinoma. I never know. I hear people say squamous. It's squamous. I say squamous. Whatever. Up shot. We're an acronym. But our squamous cell carcinoma, um, our rectal cancer, we're, we're, we're both the same kind. It's caused by HPV. The same and, strain. Yeah. And we have 
learned so much from our experience. We've also done some research, so we want to share a little bit about uh, what we've more about what we've experienced and more about what we've learned. So let's kind of start with first of all, what is HPV? Right. So, and I think this format's cool because it's sort of MythBusters, and if you don't know what it is at all, you're gonna learn. It's a virus. It's the human papillomavirus, and it says here, and this were. It's from. This is from Ohio Health, and we have a couple different um, medical, you know, research. Resources. Resources is the word. Yes, thanks. So um, HPV is the most common sexually transmitted disease. It's a group of more than 150 viruses that can cause genital warts, cancers of the cervix, vulva, vagina, vagine. (laughs) I I just want to just go over these real words, but anus, head, and neck. Um, You can get HPV through intimate skin-to-skin contact, and it may, which may not be sexual. May not. Well, it could be sexual, but not necessarily intercourse. Correct. Which I think some people think, you know. Yes. And you may not see symptoms for many years, if ever. Um, And that's one of the biggest myths. I'm not done with this. I'm sorry. HPV (laughs) is incredibly prevalent. So more than 80% of the people in this country will have it at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. One of my doctors said four out of five people, which is more prevalent than herpes. Yeah. Is HPV. And one of the things that, you know, it doesn't really clear things up for you and I, but one of the things we know is we don't clear viruses from our bodies very well because we were asymptomatic for... Our entire lives. 25. Well, not entire lives, but... Um, 25, 30-ish years? Yeah. Most most of our no. lives. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 25-ish years. And uh, completely asymptomatic. And, you know, when... Didn't know it was there. Right. Right. Had no, had no idea. And I think that is one of the... And we've, we've seen this on, de- on different resources, but... One of the other biggest myths, uh, because of the asymptomatic nature, is that it just affects women. It's it's common to find uh, cervical dysplasia through a pap smear right. being caused by HPV, and you know that's how women find out. But men are exposed to it and are often asymptomatic if they do not have one of the 150 strands, the one that causes genital warts. They're going to never know they have it. Mm-hmm. And Which is how it's so easily spread. So easily spread. One of the things I want to point out that was in this um, definition is, well, if you, so I've been watching a lot of TV as of you because of our recoveries, right? And, and I have... I also read books. Yes, I read too. We read. <laughs> we both read. I learn good. But the, <laughs> there's a commercial out right now. And it's a mom and a son, and she's like, in the commercials, like, oh, the side hug, is it time for that already? Mm-hmm. And if you've seen this commercial, you know what I'm talking about. And then it launches into, um, this is about the time to have the conversation with your doctor about the HPV vaccine. Vaccines. Right? Because something else we learned in our research is the, like, the window of time the, to have the vaccine. And listen, we're going to talk a lot about this vaccine 
It is your choice. We are not saying go get it. We are not pro-vaccine or not we're not anti-vaccine. Well, I'm, I'm pro-vaccine. Well, I, I will proudly say that I'm pro-vaccine. Yeah, but I, I don't mean to tell to anybody do. to do anything. Right. No. That's right. I mean, I think it's a good thing too, but I'm not telling anyone what to do, but it, it will come up a lot. So it's called the Gardasil vaccine. Um, and now that you know it, you're going to watch the commercial and I want you to because it tells you right there all the different kinds of cancer. And when I was told I had this rectal cancer or anal cancer, right, um, and all the other types when I was disgusting, disgusting, it you is disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> discussing it with you my doctor. Disgusting. You are lovely. I'm lovely. Um, he was like, be glad you don't have head or neck cancer. The treatments for that are gnarly. That in itself made me so scared, like to say, wow, I am so lucky that this is the version that happened mm -hmm. and not the other one because I saw what it looked like. But also to find out though that because we went through this treatment and that we were, that, and he explained that we were sort of self-vaccinated now. So the, the likeliness of us getting another HPV, like HPV tumor in a different spot is unlikely. Mm, I did not know that. Yes. That's good information. Mm -hmm. well, we were past the time when we could get the vaccine, but here's what surprises me. Now, I knew how young a person could, a man or a woman, could get the vaccine, boy or girl, could get the vaccine as early as nine. Right. I think on average, in my experience, pediatricians start talking to parents about it around 10 or 11. Because between 10, 11 to 12 is what they're saying the ideal time frame is. Um, but people can get vaccinated as old as 45. Yeah. And when we asked our doctors about that, because we're 48, but when I started, I was 46. Um, Just missed it. Just missed it. Like I was just told I was too young to get the shingles vaccine. Right. Lucky you. Come on. We're, um, but, but my doctor said, you know, other people around your age range, they should just go ahead and ask their doctors because, you know, close enough, you might still be able to do it. And why would you be able to do it? And what is the effectiveness? Um, there are nine strains that are mostly responsible for these HPV related cancers. Mm -hmm. And even if you've already had one of those strains, it will still protect you against the other ones, which is what is so fascinating about it. And I think why you could get it as an adult. So even if you've been exposed to one of the strains that could cause cancer, mm -hmm. one of the other ones. And this is what I didn't find out until one of my nurses was talking to me probably a good month and a half too into, um, uh, treatment she was like oh it was p16 i'm like what are you talking about and this she said it's right here like in your record this is the strain that caused your cancer i wonder i wonder yours is the same i remember looking at your chart okay well thank you you're welcome but i went through kind of similar not your similar path but before getting to a surgeon i mean sure i had a colorectal surgeon performed the colonoscopy and he found the tumor and that started things going. But I went back to my gynecologist 
who then sent me to an, uh, I can't think of the word, a gynecologist who's also an oncologist. A gynecological oncologist. I couldn't make it happen. Okay. Okay. And she tested me for uh, many more strains of um, cervical HPV-related cancers. I'm not saying this clearly. I'm so sorry to our audience. But um, many more than come with the average pap smear. Not because I had any cervical symptoms or any indication, but they wanted to rule that out. And that I didn't even know until we started reading how many different strains of HPV there are. I know, that's insane. And how many your regular gynecologist would check for or a gynecological oncologist. Right. Did I say that right? Yeah, you did. (laughs) So what I'm wondering is, like, write this down so we can check on this. What I'm wondering is, what do they check for on pap smear? Right? Which strains? Which strains. Because right. that's what I want to. I would want to know. Yeah, we have to dive back in our medical history. So let's talk about some of the other things that we found in our research. Okay, so I'm gonna. We we just sort of went over this, but it said who should get the HPV vaccine. It's approved for men and women ages nine to forty five, mm-hmm. and. Probably get it around the 11-year-old checkup. Right. And I know we just talked about that a little bit more. It's hard as, you know, as a parent or you as an aunt to think of your nieces and nephews at 9, 10, Mm -hmm. 11 um, and think why getting them vaccinated for a sexually transmitted disease, you know, or one that involves close personal contact. But what you're doing is protecting them for their future. Chances of them being sexually active are pretty good. I mean, God forbid, at 11 or 12, yeah, right? Yeah, no. Uh, but my <laughs> own children were vaccinated at 11 and 12. You know, it's a three-shot protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, you know, no thinking of them being sexually active anytime soon, but I wanted to give them that protection, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad I did, knowing what I have learned in the last two years. And what we've faced in these last two years. Yeah. And- well, I mean, if the, I could prevent my children or my niece and nephews from experiencing what we have. Seriously. Yeah. Anybody. I don't want anybody to have to go through this. Right. And that's why we're talking about it because there's a lot of education. Like I studied health education, so I was fully aware of what this was. But the I just need to pause like on the prevalence of this because... My doctor said it's not even considered sexually transmitted anymore. Like the way the doctors are talking about it now is you said four out of five people. It is so prevalent. Uh, In this research here, it says we don't know if you're going to get exposed to HPV in your life, but there's a good chance that you will be. Yeah. I mean, come on. Did we already say it? More than 80% of people? Yeah. So. And this is not, dear listeners, uh, a scare tactic. It's just, we are starting to see the commercials that talk about the vaccine. The ones you ignore or speed through. Well, and if you're not watching regular cable, you don't see them. Yeah. But I've seen seen commercials that talk about HPV-related, HPV, excuse me, related cancers, which I never saw before. 
And the reason, and we talked about this a little bit before, you, it used to be 50 was the average age that your doctor would recommend you have a colonoscopy. Right. Well, it's moved to 45. And this is a big piece of that puzzle because so many people are experiencing HPV-related rectal and anal cancers. Yeah. It's a big piece of the puzzle. And while they're seeing cancers younger. So... Um, let's pull up, oh, well, anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about, you know, some other signs, symptoms, if you will, that could lead you to take some of those preventative measures. Okay. Um, one thing we have sort of talked about anal and rectal cancer as the same thing. We did have the same cancer. The difference between anal cancer and rectal cancer is only its location. And never did I ever want to think this much. No. About the poop shoot. But (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, anal cancer is closer to the opening and rectal cancer is further up the chute. But that's the technical medical shoot. (laughs) Fun fact, the first three inches from your anus on the outside mm-hmm. in towards your colon are all considered a different kind of tissue, which is why we could both have a squamous cell. And if it was past that three inches, you would not see that squamous cell carcinoma. It's more like skin. It's a smoother, you know. This is why I was special. Yes. Took my doctors, you know, my team of doctors to special. really think about what was the best treatment plan. It ended up being your same treatment plan, mm-hmm. and it ended up being effective. I mean, it eliminated the cancer as far as we know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not cured of it, but I'm in remission, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you can see our faces oh, now. It's remission. <laughs> not that I'm not grateful. Um, but it was... It, it was different because there are people we have spoken to or who have commented or who are listening and know people with colon cancer. Yes. And it's a different kind of cancer and it's treated in a different way. Yes. Because it does different things in the body than the kind of cancer we had. Mm-hmm. So they were confused with the placement of my tumor because it's unusual for it to have been in that location. Well, also, I kept saying colorectal. Because I'm special. You're so special. But I kept saying colorectal because I did not want to say anal cancer. You know what? I totally agree with you. Um, not, and I've said it more than once. Whoever wanted to talk about this? No, nobody. I, would, I was constipated for half a year, and I would not have said that to anyone. No. I don't want to talk about that. Mm-mm. But now, I mean, what... What does it matter? I know it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, so I'm not just going to go around and say, hey, let's talk about your bowel habits. But I get asked every week uh, about my bowel <laughs> habits when I go in for treatment. That's different. <laughs> I know. But, but, you know, in your, you want to talk about kind of what your signs and symptoms are, were, excuse me, and what mine, and I'll talk about what mine were, and we'll talk about what, no, the I'm going to read this. MD Anderson, is it MD Anderson or what? where are you reading from? Yes. 
MD Anderson Cancer Center. I'm going to read the important symptoms of anal cancer. And I want you and I to say which ones we had. So I will, I will pause. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, first one is bleeding from the rectum. Oh, well. Yes. Listen, I hope anybody would know. Yeah. If that keeps happening, I mean, uh, that can also be from hemorrhoids and stuff. Right, right? it can also be from hemorrhoids. We understand, but. Yeah. Yeah, but like consistent or a lot, get it checked out. For sure. Okay, itching in or around the rectum. Mm -hmm. Can also be from hemorrhoids. True. But a reason to get it checked. A lump or mass at the anal opening. Well, yeah. Only I discovered it from the, the vaginal side. Right. Which um, it has, you know, some people might be like, well, how did you not know it was there? Or how did you know it was there? The, the way these tumors tend to grow is they, they grow slowly over time. And then they're like, hey, I'm here. And they pop up somewhere. So when I started, it was more in, like internal when I started having some of these symptoms and I didn't know that there was a tumor there, but then over a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, there's a tumor there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Other signs and symptoms? Uh, pain or feeling of fullness in the anal area. Mm-hmm. Did you have that? Yeah. I and did that's too, what I but was it was ignoring. like the whole, it, it was the whole thing. Like I felt like, in your lower like abdomen? my gut. Or my abdomen, like yeah. I didn't know, but I had this weird feeling. Is no, it... I've I felt that, and I that sometimes I feel really dumb because no, don't do that. I know, but because I ignored it and I explained it away, I have mentioned the constipation, and I tried to do all the things that people try to do to relieve constipation, and when um, when I felt relief. You know, then I thought, oh, well, that's why I have sort of this achy feeling. Right. Because I have been constipated. And then I, you know, and then I could go to the bathroom and I wasn't constipated. So I explained it away. You have a story? Yeah, that relates to you. And I just thought of this because, so when I was in Nashville with all my Arbonne girls Mm -hmm. for that trip, you know, we were like sharing bathrooms and all this stuff. And it was like the big thing that I was like, oh my God, you guys, I'm so constipated. Like I can't go. And like, they were cheering me on when I was able to go to the bathroom and, you know, because everybody knows what you're doing and they're waiting <laughs> on you, you know, it's a big house full of girls, but you know, everybody's waiting on you. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was right after that trip. Then I went to the doctor. It was. Mm-hmm. So we were in Greece and you were in Italy mm-hmm. when and you had you had your appointment scheduled already. Yeah, I had my right? appointment scheduled. But you were going through the same thing. Yeah. You were on a trip and then came home. Well, for even oh. Found out. Freaky. And it's weird. No, but it was for a while. And uh I I guess my message here is Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to go to a doctor who is going to look through any means at their rectum. Mm-hmm. But don't ignore it. Because the truth is, you and I both had uh, 
big, ugly tumors, but right. There, they were there large. was a treatment, and the treatment is ninety six ish percent effective. I mean, my treatment was effective. I oh, still yeah. can't say that it wasn't. It just oh no, yeah. so is mine. I know we've just got these stupid other things, right? But yeah, but, but it was effective for sure. And we're gonna talk about the rest of these because they're important too. Because like I'm, I'm the one that keeps going on tangents, but <laughs> um, so narrowing of stool or other changes in your bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is why you're supposed to look at your poop. You're supposed to pay I, attention. I'm sorry that it's gross, but that's why you're supposed to know. That's why medical professionals ask you, right? And they ask <laughs> you about colors and yeah, all the stuff, and you don't have to get into that, but just pay attention. And then abnormal discharge from the anus. Mm, everybody likes to talk well, about I mean, who even wants to read that sentence? No. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh, man. No shame if you've got some No, just, and then incontinence of stool or loss of bowel control. And really, I mean, people, that I don't is talk to shocking. people that have had that, but that has had that happen to them. And I just, and honestly, that's awful. I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But well, it's because it was, if you, mine if was it, blocked by a tumor. If it gets to that point, right. right. Yeah. So the takeaway here is to pay attention to your body. We've talked about this. Pay attention to your body and, and really advocate for yourself. Because I'll tell you what I didn't. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I explained it away. I was uh, spending a lot of time with you. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you were going through because, everything. Because yeah. you were going through treatment. Um, it was a particularly stressful uh, spring at mm-hmm. work. Yes. Right? Uh, we got older. Mm-hmm. And there was just a lot of a lot of things going on. It was stressful that Melina was going to be going to study abroad. And it was exciting that she was going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a mix of emotions. So I had... A uh, hundred different reasons yeah, why a ton of distractions. Why I why I wasn't gonna do something immediately about the things I was feeling. So that is the message: is just don't put it off. Right. And feel free to ask us if you're experiencing something because I know you well, should pick up on the fact that we're okay talking about right. it. Well, this is a a little thing here. I just you know because you keep clicking on links. Yeah. But this is, says how do you tell the difference between hemorrhoids and cancer? So hemorrhoids often manifest in the form of hard, sore lumps, whereas colon cancer symptoms may include diarrhea, constipation, or weight loss. Yeah. Sure didn't lose any weight. <laughs> no. No. Wow. But I mean, that's not specific, right? Those things no. can happen to anybody, and you can explain them away. But I was thinking my bleeding was in relation to hemorrhoids, mm-hmm. but I was having all, I was having the other issues. Right. And also, you know, not to explain it away again, but plenty of people's people have like a change in their bowel habits when they travel and especially internationally. Yes. You know, but you also talking about being in a in a house full of women and sharing a bathroom like those are your friends. But that's a much more intimate, temporary living situation. It can mess up. It can mess up the way things are going. So. It's, wasn't thinking it's some, no, that, we're but. not thinking that. So, no. pay attention. But typically, I could go to the bathroom anywhere. So, <laughs> the fact that I was the one that was having the problem. Oh, and then you know what else happened on that trip? What? I sprained my ankle. Oh, man. I know. Just a mess. So, 
You're just a mess. Am I prone to um, viral tumors and foot problems? Yeah. Apparently. Well, you know what else? I thought about, this goes back to, I don't know, 20 minutes ago. But <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we don't clear viruses very well. Hello, shingles. Right. Right? It's herpes zoster. Thanks for hanging out and coming back, chicken pox. You know, I... Right. right. I'd like to be a person who can who can squash all these viruses, but... It'll be interesting just, when I get my um, genetic testing, genetic testing yes. back. I'm looking so. forward to hearing all about it. I am, too. Well, this has been a fun one. Holy oh, gosh, HP. just... V and all things rectal. All it's been a lot the of light topics that we could come across. There's no song for that. Well, no, <laughs> there isn't. <laughs> as always, if you made it this far, we very much appreciate your listening. Uh, if you if you like what we're doing, please provide us some feedback. I think it's easiest to do on Spotify, but um, you can also check us out on Instagram. Let us know if you have any Send questions. Send us a message. You can email us at thecancersisters at gmail.com. You can... I didn't mention that before. I didn't? No. Oh, it's well, exciting. Thecancersisters yeah. at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. I posted a poll on... Um, or questions on Instagram, and we have not been getting responses. Losers. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's <laughs> talk to us. And by the time you listen to this, those will be expired. Right. I have to repost them. But here it is. But we'd love to answer your questions. So if something sparked a thought for you, like we will, we'll be happy to talk about it or, you know, right? Mm-hmm. And again, thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye. Bye.